Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share. If you like what you hear, share it with everyone you know. This episode is going to be focusing on something that has gotten blurred in society in today's in today's day. Um, we hear the term traditional women, traditional men. That used to be a very beautiful, very strong, very honorable thing. And now in society, the roles have been mixed up. Now a traditional woman is considered, I mean, especially by like the the modern woman, if you will, if I can use that term, people are turning the term uh, traditional woman as a woman who is in a cage, a woman with limits, a woman who didn't have her own identity. She was just a slave. And then people utilize the term traditional man as one who is toxically masculine, who was a dictator, who was a bully, who... You know, it's all these really bad things. Now, when you look at a real traditional man, a traditional man is a man who stayed involved with his family. He didn't just work. You know, traditionally, a a traditional man is a man who works and provides for his family. He is faithful to his wife. He is exceptional as a father and a husband. Uh, He provides, he takes care of the, the maintenance of the house. He knows how to twerk a wrench. Uh, he knows how to uh, fix things. He knows how to build things. He knows how to work with his hands and he knows how to be strong. He's not afraid to be that exceptional leader that his children need. And he's not afraid to be that husband that his woman needs. That's actually what the real traditional man is. And a traditional woman is a woman who was renowned for her, her ability to nurture, her ability to serve and to make her house a home she was she was a time manager she was a supervisor she was a therapist she was a uh, a doctor she was a clinician she was everything that the family needed in many ways the husband had it much easier because all he had to do was kind of work and do some chores around the house from time to time but the the real nurturing and real family tone came from the the, the actions of a traditional wife, a traditional mother. So this was something that was extremely honorable because while the man is working, he's not a, he's not able to be in two places at one time. So while the man is out there working, that mother would be informing him, updating him on things that are going on with the children, things he needs to be aware of, uh, repairs that need to be made into that, to the house. By the way, she was this traditional mother was also a banker. She was an, uh, an auditor. She was able to know exactly what bills were due and all the husband had to do is come home, bring his check and say, here, babe. And then she would get to balancing the checkbook, managing expenses. This woman was exceptionally busy and able to multitask like no one else. Now, if you look at the businesses out there, the most popular businesses out there, each and every one of them does not have one person that's completely over everything. They have boards. They have people who are responsible for different areas. Now, this was a team back in that era, you know, where the traditional man and traditional woman were together there. They were a team. Now, granted, there were men who were dictators in their household and the woman just would shut up and be quiet and, and not say anything unless the husband said, OK, you can go ahead and say something. Those men weren't very strong because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, a man who silences his wife is not going to ever be a strong man or a very a good leader or anything like that 
George Washington, Muhammad Ali, Dr. Martin Luther King, um, you look at all these strong male leaders that have been throughout society. The reason why they were so good was because they had strong women next to them. Women have an ability, a gift, to nurture and strengthen leaders in ways that men never could. When you look at some of the greatest military leaders in, in American history, those men had strong wives. Don't think for a second that when they came home, uh, everything they said happened, like their wife would do everything. They said. No, they had wives who would headbutt them and said, no, you shouldn't do that. That is not right. And then the man would kind of talk to him, talk to her about things he's afraid of. He would be vulnerable with her because he knew he had to. Those consultants out there that are kissing his butt are not like his wife because he knew that his wife would not kiss his butt. His wife is going to keep it real and be honest and tell him the truth. That that opinion, that strength, that truth is what makes these male leaders so strong. It makes them so effective. If Martin Luther King did not have the wife he had that was able to endure all the crap she had to endure while raising his children, there would never have been a Dr. Martin Luther King. I can guarantee you that. If Abraham Lincoln didn't have the wife he had, there never would have been an Abraham Lincoln. If General George Washington, President George Washington, never had the wife he had, there never would have been a General George Washington or a President Washington. It was because these men had strong women next to them, not walking behind them. They had them right next to them. If and, and when they would bring people over their home to see a woman who knew how to be a host, to knew how to be a compliment to her husband was considered one of the greatest honors. Like I could tell you right now, if I had an exceptionally gorgeous woman who was stupider than rocks, stupider, that's not a word, dumber than rocks, she was dumber than a box of rocks, I would be embarrassed. I don't care how gorgeous she is. If I was walking out, my wife was exceptionally gorgeous, but she was stupid. I'd be embarrassed, humiliated. I would not want to take her anywhere of value. I wouldn't want to take her to conferences or to important meetings because I'd be like, she's going to embarrass me. But when I have a woman who has dignity, who's smart, who's strong, like the woman I have in my life, who is witty, who can you, you can make a joke at her and she'll make one right back at you. She's able to hang in there. She can handle really any situation. She's strong. And that kind of woman has made me stronger than I ever could be on my own. So I wanted to talk about these things like because the modern woman today and I again, I use that term identifying the oh, I'm the boss B men are pointless. I don't need a man. Men are replaceable. That's BS. That's not true at all. Because when you're in a heterosexual relationship and someone breaks into your house or kicks the door in or you hear a sound in the middle of the night and you're sleeping, the woman nine times out of 10, I would say nine and a half times out of 10, will go, hey, babe, wake up. You're on duty. Someone just, I heard something, go figure out what it is. And then she goes and takes in like, you know, watches over the kids or she stays in the room until she gets an update of what's going on. And that man goes into the complete darkness to find out what sound just woke his wife up. Women don't go, honey, you stay here. I got this. No, that's that's not the norm. That's that's abnormal. Maybe like I could see a woman doing that if she was like a UFC fighter or she's an MMA fighter or like special forces military. She's just got that military uh, upbringing 
that background or she had nothing but brothers and her husband's like you know he's like a buck 15 he's like a piece of spaghetti strings you know has no strength can't protect his own shadow she'll be like babe stay here i'll go figure it out because she has to but if she's with the man she knows can't protect her she's going to be like babe go up there and do this you hear women on on TikTok and YouTube left and right saying men are replaceable. Man, we don't need you. We don't care about you. You're replaceable. You're pointless. You're worthless. But when there's an invasion, if our country is invaded by enemy forces, the women are not going to say, nah, don't bother those men. We'll figure it out. The women are going to say, what the heck, man? Get over there. Let's go. Send the military in. Because you know, at the end of the day, we're built genetically to fight and protect. The skyscrapers out there, all those beautiful, those beautiful buildings, the Statue of Liberty, the Arc du Triomphe, the um, the museums, all these massive buildings out there, they were not built by women. They were built by men who were willing to sit out there in the heat and, and ch hand chisel stuff and build uh, or pull up very heavy uh, uh, planks of iron and steel and and weld in the worst of conditions, especially back in the 20s. They were welding with little to no safety harnesses with little to no safety whatsoever they were carrying a welder up like 20 flights of of rebar and all kinds of stuff like that where they could have fallen to their death people did and then they would just get hired someone else would hire the next day that women weren't out there doing that even if women could have been out there doing that in that time working they still would not be doing that yeah, there are women who were brains behind that stuff and helping organize a lot of these buildings and put the right people in the right places. But it doesn't make them less important. It just means that they had a role in it. And the role wasn't to be the one lifting all the heavy stuff. The role was to help make it come to pass by managing. Women are great managers. Women do that as, as like with little to no training in the family all the time. Mothers have four or five children and they're out there getting like I just I don't know how women do this this is such an incredible thing a mother can have four kids and all four of their kids have four different appointments so where they need to be in four different parts of the city one has a ballet recital or when the other one has to go do sports and but like they're completely in opposite parts the mother adapts to her situation so well that she's able to get all four of those kids in the places they need to be early if not on time before she even gets herself done. But she asked her husband, hey babe, can you take our only child to uh, to her doctor's appointment at this time? And her, and her husband happens to have the day off. Somehow, some way, he's like 10, 15 minutes late. <laughs> it's like right down the street. Like how the heck do you, you mess that up? Your wife just got done taking four kids, you know, in four different places on time and you couldn't even take one. And like, this, we, we think different. We manage time differently. It's, it's just we're very different. But again, this isn't to say one is more important than the other. It's saying that one has a different role than the other. In any relationship, whether it's homosexual or heterosexual, in any relationship, there cannot be two alphas. It just doesn't work. One has to be an alpha. One has to be a beta. Now, what I mean by that is not necessarily one has to be the dictator. It just has to be one is more the masculine or stronger force in the relationship. And the other is willing to be more submissive in that relationship. It doesn't make you weaker. Like, let's take an example. Uh, this is an example. I, I talked to a woman a long time ago who was really like 
pro pro woman anti guy like she and i were just talking we were at a party this is a while back um and she was just standing there by herself and i was like how come you ain't out there dancing she was like i'm not gonna have no man tell me what i have to do I was like what do you mean she goes when when you dance with a man man wants to tell you you know boss you around and and lead and everything i don't want a man leading me so i started talking to her i was very gentle in the way i did it i was talking to her and i told her you know it's like art and i like gently reached underneath her hand and, and held her hand up and i said it's not about dictating leadership is misunderstood by people very often and then i put my hand around her waist of course everything was very smooth very like very slow it wasn't forced it was like i was requesting permission to place my hands in these places and she was not resisting she was by her body language she was giving me permission to do this and i said you see in dancing the man's not dictating where you're going the man is presenting a request to you he's asking you will you join me as we step back and it is up to you to say yes or no when you allow yourself to follow a man, you're not being a slave, you're being a partner. A man is requesting to move a certain way and you're joining him on that journey. And when both of you guys are working together, you see some of the most beautiful art and movement. People dance beautifully, but when people are not working together and people are like, no, I'm gonna lead, no, I'm gonna lead, then it becomes too left beat and you both look like, like untalented individuals who can't find a beat to save your life. So as, as I'm saying this, she and I are, are we're waltzing. That's what we were doing. She and I started to waltz and she had no formal uh, uh, training on how to waltz, but she was following me around in the dance floor as we waltzed. And I was explaining to her, you see, it's not about dictatorship. That's not what leadership is. Leadership is submitting movements or actions or ideas with confidence. And because the other person or the, the people who follow you they believe in you, they're willing to agree to those movements and trust in those movements, trust in those tactics, trust in those decisions. That's what leadership is. So the role of men as leaders in the family is not to be dictators. Leadership has nothing to do about being dictators because you're not leading, you're just in charge. There's a big difference. But when you look at people like, for example, uh, let's take Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was quite feared, but if you wanna be honest, Hitler was not the one in charge of Germany. He, he had people that were behind the scenes that were calling the shots and he was a puppet. But the fact was is that the people who didn't follow closely to the behind the scenes leaders, they saw Hitler as the face, they saw him as the, uh, as the leader of Germany and they were afraid of him. So there were so many attempts on Hitler's life because people were afraid of him. So there he was paranoid and his army fell apart because he started administering laws saying, if anyone, if you suspect any of your leaders are um, are plotting to kill me or hurt me or betray me, you have the right to kill them. So people were starting to just like lower ranking soldiers in the German army were starting to say, well, you know what? I don't like this sergeant or I don't like this leader. I'm going to kill him because then I'm going to say he had uh, something to do with uh, uh, betraying the Fuhrer. So he would go, they would go kill people. So the leadership's, uh, the leadership um, uh, ladder actually started to fall on itself because leaders were being more afraid of being shot by people just because they didn't like them in the name of the we're trying to betray the fewer. So when you have people who are afraid of you, they will only do what you ask. They will only work as they were as they were required to. Nothing more, nothing less. That's all you'll get. When people respect you, like General George Washington, 
people were on the retreat and saw General Washington. This is in a lot of historic journals, by the way. People were like uh, the revolutionary soldiers were on the retreat, running away from the British uh, uh, British army. And the um, well, they saw General George Washington riding on a white horse into the gun smoke saying, let's go, where are you guys going, you cowards? And he ran it, he, he rode his horse with his sword and his musket into a cloud of smoke, like cannon smoke. And they all turned back and they rushed back into there. Now, when you're retreating, you recognize, crap, we're being overrun, we're losing this battle. We need to run back and regroup so we can get an advantage or save our lives. So they were at that point where they realized, crap, we're gonna die. We're gonna lose this battle. We need to leave and save our lives. They saw General George Washington running into the smoke. They said, I'm like, we have hope. There's a chance, let's go. Whether we live or die, let's go. Because they respected General Washington. When people respect you, they will run into gunfire for you. If they respect you enough, if they believe in your cause, so true leadership is not about dictating has nothing to do with dictating it's about it like exemplifying uh a type of confidence and respect from people you serve general washington served his people that's how he was so effective as a leader they knew he would not ask them to do anything he wouldn't do himself and the history of the world is full of leaders from different places. Even I'm, I'm not even just limiting to like good um, uh, patriotic leaders. There's people who are like rebels and stuff like that who also were good leaders, even though their cause might have been bad. They were good leaders in their own mind and their own cause, trying to fight and you know for something they believed in. And they served the people that they led so well that the people were willing to run into gunfire to protect them. They were willing to jump on a grenade. You see, you hear about Navy SEALs doing it all the time. There's a movie called Act of Valor. That's just that's not just a movie thing. Like us, us Marines. When I was in the Marine Corps, we'd be in class learning about our job, and someone would come in with a dummy grenade, which is a fake grenade, and they throw it and say grenade, and whoever was closest to it would be expected to jump on it. And after a while, without even thinking about it, you hear a grenade get thrown in, or you see a grenade, you just jump on it hurting yourself in the process because you know you might have a desk in the way or someone else is in the way but you're jumping on it to save their lives at your own expense that's leadership putting yourself last leadership doesn't have ego why am i saying all this because the concept of a man has been distorted substantially and by large it's i believe me personally to, to, i like to simplify things as much as possible but i believe that the two biggest reasons why men have been tarnished as a reputation are for two basic things. One, lack of fatherhood. One, lack of active fathers in the in the lives of these men. The majority of people in, in the Department of Corrections and prisons and jails didn't, like the men, did not have fathers growing up. So they grew up in unbalanced families. So that's, that's an undeniable statistic. So I believe that the biggest reason why men in manhood has been tarnished is because lack of fathers. They don't have, they don't have the necessary amount of father figures in their lives to teach them the real meaning of what it means to be a man. They don't have that leadership example because by being raised by a single mother, the single mother is not able to give them all the attention and help that they absolutely need because she's too busy working. She has to work. Someone has to pay the bills. And if the father's not involved in their life, the mother has to step up and be both roles. 
she has to pay the bills she has to cook and she has to take care of everything so she's too tired and she doesn't have the the means or time to be able to sit down and do every little thing that the children need that's a byproduct of single parenting it's not something that's ideal that no no mother really no good mother really wants to be a single parent it's a necessity they have to be because that's what's those are the cards given to them and i believe the other reason for that um for the tarnishing of manhood and masculinity is because of this new movement of feminism and you know boss b who say that men are worthless and everything because they're judging men the wrong way they're judging men based off of how much money he's got and they they, they want these good men and oh, i want to remember he's got a mercedes and he's got this great job he's got his own place oh my gosh i can't believe he cheated on me well you were looking at the wrong things you were looking at how much money he had and, and the the, the bragging rights that you had of having a man that's got all this stuff, you weren't paying attention to his character. You weren't paying attention to the kind of person he was. That's that's as dumb as a man getting up there and going, I can't believe my girl left me, my girl cheated on me. Well, dude, you did date a stripper. It's not saying all strippers are cheap, cheap but dude, like they make a living taking their clothes off for money. I know that <laughs> embarrassingly I used to be a stripper that's why I know that <laughs> but the fact is that like you're looking at the wrong thing you're looking at this woman going oh my gosh she's so gorgeous she's beautiful look at her body you're not paying attention to her personality you're not paying attention to her mind to how smart she is how good of a leader she is how selfless she is if more of us would be fo focusing on the character of people divorce would erase almost it would just become an, 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 uh, an endangered species of something, if you will. But too many people are getting married for the wrong reasons because they want the fairy tale. They want the wedding. They want the presence. They want the bliss. But they don't want the problems and the challenges that come with marriage that you have to work through. They don't want reality. They want to live in a fairy tale. So you have all these women who are being put up on pedestals by the music they're listening to and the in entertainment they're listening to and all this other stuff which is unreasonable that women are being pushed into roles that are not theirs again this is not to say one role is more important than the other like when you say who is more important in a painting the painter or the brushes they use it, it you can't say the brushes they use because the brushes they use give them the quality and the result that they need to create the art they have and those same tools in the wrong hands wouldn't do the same things. So equally, the tools that the artist use, as well as the artist, it's him or herself, are just as important. Both are exactly the same in importance. It's just, that's just the reality of the situation. A male and a female have equal roles. They're just equally as important as the other, but they're different and that's okay. In the household, traditionally, the role of a woman is to nurture the family, to set the tone of the household and make it wise, make it peaceful, make it healthy, make it strong, and to strengthen the talents and abilities of her husband or her spouse. That's what the role of a woman is. And the role of a man is to be the number one provider and number one servant. He is supposed to do everything he possibly can to nurture his family, to provide for his family, to make sure his wife is at peace and knows that she is loved 
to make sure his wife knows that he would destroy the devil himself if he tried to hurt her. To wake up in the middle of the night and go find out what those sounds are that woke his wife up. To be the one to jump in front of a gun when his whole entire family is facing the, down the barrel of one. To be the one to stand up and join the military when his family's health and safety is, is being threatened. Men and women have different roles. And that's okay. It doesn't make it any... It doesn't make one role more important than the other. Welcome, Anthony. I'm just, I'm just listening to you. Um, and I was just, I had a couple questions. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, what, what do you, what do you mean, like by settle? When you say who settles more? That's actually a, another subject I was going to get into. Um, that's a good question. One of the things that I've learned is that a lot of men, are more, more men often than not, tend to get women who make less money than them. They get women who are shorter than them. Like they tend to get, they tend to like marry someone who makes less uh, financially than them, maybe even has less uh, um, accomplishments academically or work-wise than them. But women tend to not do that. Women will tend to only marry men or date men who have more financial resources than they do. This is not all 100% across the board. This is what they tend to do. More Majority of them tend to do this. And when you see a woman who is extremely accomplished financially, she tend like women like that tend to not date or be involved with men who make less money than them. They don't, they will not, they see it as a form of settling. Or if a man does not have a car, women often tend to not want to be with a man who doesn't have a car if she does, yet men tend to not care about that. Men tend to not care about how much how much money a woman makes or what kind of purse she's carrying, what kind of clothes she's wearing. If a man has money, that's all that matters to him. He's good. And if he doesn't and he has that work ethic, he's not going, oh, well, you know, you don't have the right shoes, so I'm not going to date you. Or you don't have the right purse, I'm not going to date you. Or you don't have a car, I'm not going to date you. Like men tend to not care about things that much. They care about, is she beautiful and, and does she make him feel good? Whereas, you know, like I heard a, a quote from Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock today on YouTube um, where he asked us a long time ago, he goes, you know what, women and men are different. And in, in his words, he said, women when uh, or when a man when you meet a woman and your boys hear about it you tell your boys about it they ask you what does she look like how does she look what does she look like but when a woman meets a man and she tells her friends about him the first thing her friends tend to do is what does he do it's really interesting how the majority tend to look at dating in a very different way men look at a woman as you know a companion partnership and you know how they feel with them stuff like that women often tend to look at men as the, the provider and what he can do for them. And then this modern day woman that you're seeing, they're often saying, oh, well, you know, we're the prize. And then when you ask a, a, a typical modern day woman today, what do you bring to the table? They get mad, they get offended. And again, this is not 100% across the board. This is a large majority of the, the today modern woman who are like, I don't have to tell you what I bring to the table. What do you bring to the table? And they get offended by that. But this is supposed to be an equal partnership. So that's what I mean by uh, by men are often settling more, you know, in terms of that, because they're not looking at those at those things that are not important. They don't care about your financial resources. You know, they care about you. What do you bring to the table? How are you going to help me make my life better and build a life with me? And women often are 
you know, do you make enough money to support the lifestyle I want? And, uh, you know, what do you have? What assets do you have? What education do you have? And, you know, your status to look, they tend to look at titles and status. Right. Um, I, I, I guess I caught you um, at the beginning. You must have just started off talking. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually bad. talking. No, no worries, bro. I'm probably, it's, it's totally cool. No, I, I usually would uh, come in later on, so I'll let you finish your, your thought process, man, I, uh, and I'll come back later on. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely right. welcome anyone who wants to participate. I'm, I'm all about that because these are things that I've found. These are things that I've learned. And these these uh, these are the, the levels of research that I have come to discover myself in my research. And one of the reasons why I do these shows is because I, I really like to know if there's something I'm missing. And if there is something I'm missing and someone else has something I like to add, I always love to hear about it and learn about it. But all I ask is that we have a respectful exchange of ideas. It's not about a debate, it's a discussion. If you wanna teach somebody something, it's all about discussing. It's not about condemning somebody because they have a different belief system than you do. It's about discussing things. What have you learned? What have you experienced? But the modern woman today is giving a bad name to feminism because they're they're the they're not looking for equality they're looking for superiority at the expense of masculinity and whenever you have a cause like your cause is cool you can have the cause and belief of whatever you want but when it imposes on the beliefs and freedom of other people that's when it's too far in my opinion welcome andrew how you doing i'm doing well on yourself pretty good pretty good you know, I just saw this topic pop up and I had uh, I uh, do a podcast called The 313 Men, Money, and Marriage. And one of the episodes I recorded a few weeks ago, uh, I had a financial advisor on and we were talking about, uh, is there a deficit of economically attractive men? And we were saying that, you know, some of the women, what they're looking for today, economically is not in tune. It's not, it's, it's much higher than what the available pool of men actually make. And I took the information from a Morgan Stanley article because they projected out to 2030. Wow. And they're saying because of because of this, they're uh they're saying women between the ages of 25 and 44 are only about 55% of them will be married. And that's the peak marrying uh years for a woman. And they say it's only about 55% of all women will be married because they're not meeting men who are making a certain dollar amount. They want they want a little bit more than what their average man is basically making, mm -hmm. and so it's creating a disconnect between what's available and what they want. So, one of the things that we talked about on the episode is that you have it seems like 75 80 percent of the women just chasing after the top 20 percent of the men, mm -hmm. and that's creating that's why. And then women will get in a relationship with some of these guys, and then they say, Well, they're cheating on me, but. The issue might be he has a lot more choices now because he's, he's got four or five women coming after him just like you are. And so he has more choices and options. And there's no guarantee that he's going to pick you. Yeah. Because if you have that many choices, you're going to pick the, the, the best option for you. Yeah. And typically, yeah, you know, that's exactly and, what happens. Yeah. And I just was also saying that in certain situations, sometimes a woman might. You know, she might have a child or something, and she might not have married the father to the child. And then, if someone, the guy gets involved with her, he's got to take all of that into consideration as well. You know, it's a, it's a, 
the women sometimes right now what's going on it just seems like they're having a child first and then wanting to get married yeah and that's that's creating that's also causing them to you know just making their chances of getting married get a little bit lower because of that and also it's it's going both ways as well because you have a number of men who are also going after these unrealistic women like the, you have more yeah. men these days that are going after the woman who got the brazilian booty lift and then you got women who are like guys going after these super hardcore like instagram influencers and they're going after the aesthetic rather than the person inside the aesthetic and that and then they're yes. wondering you know why is this girl draining my bank account or why is this girl getting me like she doesn't care about me like well you were looking at the wrong things so yes. when people are looking at the wrong things and the wrong results happen just like you were saying like the traditional women these days are going after the top 20% of men and they bring little to nothing to the table. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to, uh, they don't know how to be a therapist. They don't know how to listen because everything's about them. We've become entitled as a society, as males and females, we become entitled to believing we deserve certain things we have not earned. Like, if, right. like one thing I've learned um, is that if a man were to be locked up in prison, he can't just come home and automatically assume the role of man of the house. It doesn't work that way. He has to earn that role back when his wife, because his wife, or assuming his spouse, has been handling that role herself. So he has to come and earn that role in her perspective to be awarded that. That's not something he just can demand. You've been gone. You know what I mean? Like we have to earn certain roles in life by demonstration and providing and uh, uh, demonstrating certain activities and actions and habits. Sure. You know, and it's part of the issue too with a man is a man is always going to try, like biologically speaking, he's going to try and procreate with the prettiest woman that he can. Yes. But you also, I always tell people there's a pretty meter and then there's a, you know, you got the pretty meter and then you have what's actually good for you. And just because the person, I, I've had relationships with girls who were super high on the pretty meter, but they were not for me. Yep. So I went down a little bit and pretty and got better. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. It's that's an interesting point because uh it's one of those things that like when we look at people who are appealing to us, what we don't realize, we're looking at procreation genetics. If a person is uh physically appealing, more often than not, they have good genetics and we're going to breed good genetics into them. When a woman is looking at a man who has a stable job she's looking for family stability to be able to raise a family. These are subconscious thoughts and needs that we have in our desires, you know, and those are some of the reasons why those things attract us, but they shouldn't necessarily be the top priority of what we're looking for in a partner. Welcome back, Anthony. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm one of the people that probably challenge, challenge a few ideas. And, um, when you say settle, I feel as if, uh, I think that, uh, both have settled over time, but um, it's strange in the ways that they settled. So I think that men of old actually kind of put put us in this predicament with the thought process of it's a man's job to provide and protect. I don't believe that it's a man's job. Like, I don't believe that men were born to do that. I mean, I think that the thought that a man was born to provide and protect is actually a slavish mentality. It's a, um, it, it, it already breeded the idea that we were here is subservient to women, which is where the entitlement comes from. Um, the, the men of old are the ones who made up the idea that um, happy wife, happy life. Um, this idea 
was was spawned from ideas that seem chivalrous and they seem to put a man in a um a very manly position but in the end what they actually do is create a space where women have already felt like it's our job to to, to risk our life like you were saying earlier uh, men are supposed to wake up in the middle of the night and go get the sound and you know jump on the grenade and these thought processes were always there for us to to self-sacrifice ourselves and, and the way that I think that um so in that case men have settled over time because a man always felt like getting with a woman was getting lucky so he felt like just being just getting the woman that you want is is the is is the dream to you so the whole thing is built around the premise of the woman it's like country music is you know the same thing and 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 when it comes to women strangely enough i believe that women are going to end up settling if they get what they want and by that i mean that women are asking for the man with the most stuff the man with the most money the man with the most finances and those finances though um, are only held by a small percentage of men, as you've already said, meaning that those women can only choose from a small pool of men. That means that they have to settle. That means that the only the men that are, that it, it could be a fat man, he, he might be bald, he might be overweight, he might be ugly. So they can only choose from them since they have chosen um, to, to only draw from those who are financially um, able to, 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 to meet their, their standards. So in the end, even though they're saying that they were settling prior, once they've set their standards to the six, 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 six-figure guy with the six-pack and the da da da, they're actually settling for, um, they're settling for that man because that man is all they can choose. Well, so I think that's that the, that's a really interesting. Like you bring up some interesting points. Um, my my thoughts on it is that if a woman is going for a you know top twenty percent, that's the goal, and she achieves that, then she's not technically settling because. This is exactly what she's going for. This is the thing that has the highest priority to her is to have that six figure income, et cetera, um, so that she can have the life she wants. So if she does get that man, regardless of how he looks, she's not selling because that was the goal. And additionally, going back, I, I believe before a slave mentality, if you look at the genetics of men, the, the way our muscular tissues are built are substantially different from women we are built our muscles are built differently our jaw structures our bone structures everything is built differently to be able to right. endure larger amounts of weight larger amounts of uh, muscular stress even though women have the ability to in endure a substantial amount more of mental stress than men can because like like when when we get a headache we're down for the count we don't want to do anything yet a woman could be eight months pregnant nine months pregnant still holding a full-time job and and handling everything else on top of that. So women are far more mentally strong than men are. But when it comes down to physical strength, men are undeniably the stronger species. That's why you look at males and females competing against each other. Males right, always but, win in, in the athletic or uh, uh, strength competitions. Right, but if, if how I'm built is based, is if how I'm built is the premise for what I was here, what I was here to do, and that's a, I think that we weren't here to serve a woman just because we're big, though. We're here to serve the world. We're here to build structures. We're here to um, 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 tame the world. Um, my, my whole job, though, here is not to do things in order to serve a woman. That's why I was, was, was born with the structure I was. Okay. And women themselves, I don't believe that they're mentally smarter than us. Um, they should be, but not these days. Yeah, feel free to, uh, when, when your time cuts off, feel free to come back. I'd love to continue the dialogue with you. Um, so the word serve, I know that uh, I know that for me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a black person. So 
you know, our ancestors were enslaved and everything. I know that word serve tends to, you know, hit us the wrong way, but it's not when you choose to serve. When you have to serve, that's slavery, serve as a servience and uh, to, a, to, a, to a, a point. But when you choose to serve because you love something or someone, it's different. Like we get up in the, like when I joined the military, I wasn't joining the military because I was forced to. I joined the military because 9-11 happened. And I wanted to do my part rather than complain about it. I wanted to do my part to make sure that when people open up presents on Christmas Day, they didn't have to worry about them blowing up in their faces. Like that was the reason I did. I love my country. I love my neighbors. I love people that want to live freely. That's why I joined. So I served in the military because I loved my country. And I serve my fiance and my family because I love them. It's not an obligation to service. I choose to serve them as the number one servant, the number one provider for the family. That's my role. And in return, as a partnership and an agreement, the family is a, is a, if you will, a baby, just to use that illustration. The family is a baby that we create, you know, about a, a partnership creates and they both choose to nurture it. Otherwise the family dies. So my fiance will serve me and I serve her as a team. We choose to serve each other motivated by love, not slavery right. or servitude. So really it comes down to the roles based off of and motivated by love, not obligation. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, when I say the servant, I don't have an issue with serving people, but it needs to be, um, it's, it, the, when we say that a man's job is to protect and provide, what we're failing to realize is just like you said, that's stuff that you would do for anybody that you love. So it's not just a man's job to protect and provide, but also the woman's. The woman, the woman even as a, um, a, a, a gatherer, was providing for her family gathering instead of hunting. Mm -hmm. So what they always want to say is that the man had to go out and hunt and grab the stuff, but the woman was grabbing, was grabbing plants and grains and stuff like that too. So she was actually going out and hunting for for plants. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean, so so and, and and so what they'll try to make it sound like is that a man's total job, and what I mean is that our job, what I was created for, kind of what you were sort of sort of alluding to earlier, was that we were made to. So true true slavery is when you're when we were like I'm black too. So the true slavery um, the cycle begins when you start to believe that you're created to serve somebody, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's how they kept people in servitude. They actually bred people. And when they were born, they were born with the muscular skeleton and the, the muscular build, the muscular build in order to serve and with the mindset to serve. So men over time um, have grown this idea that we're, it's only our job to, to, to put our lives on the line and risk. But in true life, man, um, you know, the, 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 uh, I think that men and women, as I've said on my own side, is, is we're more like left and right hands and you can fight with both hands you know what i'm saying um, yeah well again it goes back to my point that you know men have roles and women have roles but they're to be used together they're a team that's right. the, ultimately the team uh like back in the uh, in the early days before you know before slavery as we know it was going on the male would bring home like he would go hunt like you were saying and he would bring home the food and then the woman would cook the food he the man would also you know uh, cut it open, process it and all that, harvest it. And then the woman would go over there and cook and serve the food. Like they work together substantially. And, you know, traditionally it's the male's responsibility to work and provide for the family. But at the same aspect, everyone has different situations of financial needs. 
some bigger families or some situations you know living in los angeles is expensive as all heck so it's, it's not uncommon for both parents you know male and female or, or both spouses to actually work to provide because it's just so expensive and it's a need but you know in in terms of like when you look at the uh, like families that have both parents where the uh, families where the father was able to make enough money to provide and the mother was able to stay at home and nurture the family and take care of the kids and 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 clean cook and do the things like that to keep the house a home those kids tend to come out a lot more balanced than you know parent or families or kids that came from single parent families where they feel they're lacking something that they needed from both parents it's just there's it's not to say one role is more important than the other when you love someone then you're willing to give your life for them you're willing to protect them so yeah absolutely i would i would risk my life for someone who's weak but if I saw if I saw like a little child about to get ran over by a car and my wife and my kids were about to get ran over by that same car, I would go for my wife and my kids first before that other child. It, it sucks. You can't save everybody. And I would love to get all three of them. But the fact is, is that the people that have the highest priority in my life are my wife and kids, you know, and it's it's all about making sure that you put your highest priorities first to take care of your family, the people you're charged with protecting the people under your responsibility so it, it, you know yeah the uh, back in slavery times and again it's it's important also to recognize that there were white slaves there were black slaves there were uh, native american slaves there were asian slaves well, from china there's slaves that were hebrew egyptian well, like there's slaves all over the world but the fact is, is that the mentality down history has been you know, largely victimized to one organ, one group, then the others don't, you know, it, well, it, I don't, I didn't mean to bring it up. Uh, the, oh, no, no, you're good, brother. Go ahead. This is the platform for that. You're good. Well, I didn't mean to bring it up as in um, that, that terminology. I meant the, um, the, the overall thought process of enslaved, uh, mental enslavement. Okay. Not, not necessarily physical. Um, when, when you're talking about the modern woman and the 80 20 rule i also wanted to say this um before i before i let before i jump off here and let you have you know do your thing um is that um so i think that a lot of men on here um they listen to women too much when it comes to certain things like and i don't mean that you shouldn't listen to women that's not what i'm trying to say what i'm saying is that if you've dealt with women in your life like you've really dealt with a few women in your life then one thing you know is that sometimes they just say things especially when they're around each other. Just like men will just talk out the side of their neck when they're around their homeboy. Yep. You know, you got, a, you, you, I got friends of mine who tell me stuff like, bro, you can mess with her, bro. That's, I don't care about her, man. Shoot, I don't care, mess with her. And, and in real life, he doesn't mean that. Yeah, it's all you ego and pride, yeah. It's, it's, and so women are doing that right now. They're getting on TikTok and they're getting on these shows and they're telling you that they want a man who has six figures and he has to have a, a huge thing and he's got to be this and that. And in real life, they're dating average Joes who are short and tall and skinny and fat. And um, they're women. not happy. Well, well, I, I, I mean, they're 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 telling you stuff just to be saying it. The, the reason why all women want the same uh, demographic of man, this 20 percent, is simply because somebody else has it, too. So yeah. it's a, um, it, it, it doesn't it's not truly their desire. They do what every other girl does. They wear the same outfits. They wear the same lashes. They say the same excuses for things. They give the same, like, how come every girl wants a six foot guy and over? Because somebody else does. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. do, like, like, 
like if you sell if you if why does every girl wear the nails the, the same lot because all the other girls are doing it. Yeah. so anything that the other girls say they say and the guys who don't understand women what they do is hear what the woman is saying and take it as gospel truth so if they're five foot ten they hear a girl say i only date a guy who's six foot and over and he has to have six figures and you really believe it when in truth of the matter is if you actually walk up to some of these girls and have a conversation they're actually attracted to a wide range of men, just like we're attracted to a wide range of women. We just have, um, we have fairy tale thoughts in our mind of women too. And um, we actually believe that women are attracted to monetary things and, and this, um, they can only be um, connected through sex if there's emotional involvement. All these things are lies that we were always told. Women, women are people, you know what I'm saying? And they, they have different, they're, they're not attracted to one kind of man. They're not attracted to, to, to one, uh, uh, just monetary things. They fall in love and out of love. They can be players. Um, they, they, there's a, there's, they're, they're, they're nuanced too. See what I'm saying? So when a man listens to some of these things women are saying, I feel like you gotta take it with a grain of salt and not take some of this stuff to heart. Try out the actual game itself and then realize that, that sometimes women just be talking. Yeah, I, I agree 100% on that. I think sometimes, sometimes, sometimes both sexes be talking and, and saying things just to yeah. you know accommodate pride and and ego and everything like that and for and a lot of my uh my previous broadcasts i've often said i don't believe in happy wife happy life i don't believe that the wife has the right to be happy at the expense of the husband nor vice versa i believe both should work together to create a peaceful family a peaceful relationship the man doesn't get the right to dictate and the woman doesn't get the right to dictate and i, and I believe that what the, like the whole point I was trying to make is that men should lead through service. It's the greatest, it's the greatest way to show you care about the people you're leading. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was effective most as a leader because I was willing to make sure all of my Marines had what they needed. You know, I made sure their feet were good, made sure that they weren't injured. I was willing, when we were doing large hikes and they were falling behind, I would have them grab onto my pack while I carried their pack and my pack and my weapon and their weapon and I marched them up that hill, they saw that I cared about them. Therefore, they are willing to follow me. So in a household, top, no, no problem, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate you and your feedback. And, uh, you know, it's just it's so important to realize that, you know, the roles of men and the roles of women in the relationship, they're important to be a team, to be a yin yang. Like you hear, and it's sad because I consider myself a Christian, but I, I not, but having said that, um, it's so sad that I see so many dictators who also claim that same title. Like I've, I've seen so many men out there, old school men, especially that were like, well, the man is the head of the household. I'm in charge. What I say goes, I'm like, man, you call yourself a Christian. I am a Christian. The Bible says man is the head of the household. It's like Bible also says you're supposed to serve as Jesus served and you're supposed to do what you saw him do. So um, I don't recall Jesus ever saying or talking to anyone like that. So, uh, yeah, what, what Jesus are you following? Because I remember Jesus being calm, being patient. He was angry, you know, when people were blaspheming his, his father's house and he tipped over those tables. So it's it goes to show you that anger is actually a godly emotion. We just misuse it because we get angry for the, the dumbest things. Oh, my gosh, I just got these new Jordans and someone stepped on them. I'm going to kill that fool. <laughs> are you serious i don't think jesus would think that's okay and i don't think that's you know a righteous use of anger but the fact is, is that when it comes down to it 
if you really want to protect for for the men out there if you really want to protect your boys even if you can't stand the mother of your children don't ever speak disrespectful to the mother of your children even if you loathe her if she's evil if she's mean never badmouth her in front of your children or within earshot of your children because your children will always be like she's if she's that kind of person that's going to badmouth you let her because your kids are going to come around one day and they're going to they're going to get tired of her badmouthing you and then they're going to be the ones defending you saying mom why are you always disrespecting dad he never says anything bad about you your kids are going to form a stronger bond with you because that's how you be a man being a man is not just about having a penis being a man is about being faithful when you have other opportunities to sleep with other women don't you were choosing one woman be man enough to stay with that one woman and if you want to be with someone else you know what at least let her know break off the relationship rather than lead her along if you want to be out there and sow your oats and have fun with other women you know that's your choice i'm not here to judge anybody for any way they want to live I just care about people being their best selves. So if you want to be a man, be faithful. Don't go out there and mess around with any other woman. Because one of the reasons why other women want you is because they see you're happy. One of the sexiest things that women find in a man is his happy personality. Women want to be happy, so they want a happy man. They don't want a miserable man who doesn't have self self-confidence. They want a man who's happy, who believes in himself, who is respectable, who's well-spoken, who is a hard worker. They want that. Like, good women want that. And then you also have women who are not so good who want that. And when they see another woman who has it, they want the, you know, that inner hunter comes in. Then they want that, like, you know what, I, I want to I be better than her, so I'm going to take what she has. And they'll come after you. And if you end up giving yourself to them and sleeping with them, now you're worse you have now uh, demeaned yourself and now you're no longer the good man you once were and you lose an incredible woman you like guys i don't know what it is but men when we cheat or when when guys cheat we tend to cheat down <laughs> we can have a gorgeous amazing woman and if if we're the type of dude that cheats we can have a gorgeous woman and when we cheat on her we will not cheat with someone who's better. We always cheat with the gremlin that looks like the the like crop from uh, from the Goonies. We cheat with some woman just because she was a freak and she was ready to do it. And then we have to come home and then she finds out like, are you serious? You cheated on me with Shrek? Are you really serious like that after all I've done? And all we have to look at is what the heck was I thinking? So if you want to be a man, don't cheat first and foremost by choice, not because you can't choose not to, because you're better than that. Have dignity in yourself and with in respect for your partner that you refuse to cheat on them. Don't put yourself in situations where cheating is possible because that's usually where it happens. I'm serious, like if you, if you are working with someone and you're alone with this one woman that you know is digging you and she likes you and she's, she's been very clear that she's ready to do whatever with you, I suggest you always bring somebody else with you every time you're in positions where you would be alone with her. Or else, like if you're the manager and she's the assist, uh, assistant manager, 
both you guys go out and start doing stuff in the open like be in front of other people where cheating is not a possibility because i'm telling you no matter how strong you are if you put yourself in a predicament to fall you're going to fall at some point it's just like driving as close as you can to the edge of a cliff at some point you're going to get too cocky and confident and you're going to fall over that cliff and die being a man is about setting an example for your kids for your boys teaching your boys how to be a man that you don't have to be married to their like ideally you would want to be married to the mother of your children to do this but if that's just not a possibility that's just not the cards you're dealt still be involved in your boy's life still teach them how to you know if it's possible teach them how to be men by example love them don't badmouth their mothers share that example show it by by teaching them you know when you're uh when your 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 spouse or your significant other is is feeling some type of way and she's hurting show your boys that it's important for a man to listen to his woman to hear her pain to help her process that pain don't shrug it off because you think it's stupid she feels this way men your woman need to feel safe to be vulnerable with you because your sons are going to watch this and learn that a real man is also a counselor to his wife a real man will listen a real man also has the ability to heal where do we get that from our mothers from our sisters from our good women we have the ability to heal and it's a very strong inner gift that we have but it's a choice to use it it's not a reaction it's a choice and also one of the important things as well is that your daughter is going to look at you for the type of partner she will have, whether it be a man or whatever, she's going to look at the type of partner she wants. So be the type of man you want your daughter to marry. If you're going to go cheat on your wife, your daughter's probably going to let that happen to her too. If you're going to hit your wife, your daughter's probably going to let other men hit her and you have no right to threaten the lives of a man that hits your daughter when you hit someone else's daughter. Don't wait till Valentine's Day to do something romantic for your woman. Don't wait for her birthday. Don't wait for Christmas. Just do things just because. And you don't always have to buy stuff. You can draw pictures. You can write poems. You can take pictures and paint stuff. Like there's different things you can do that don't cost money. Just go for a walk with her. Let your daughter see what it's like when someone, a good man is in love with a good woman. That's the best way to protect your daughter from riffraff that are there just to have sex with her is by being the example. The best way to keep your sons out of prison is to teach them how to really be a man because if you don't, the streets will and the streets have it wrong. They have no idea what it means to be a man. They think being a man is carrying a gun and going out and robbing people and and having sex with all kinds of women and then leaving them. That's what they think and that's what they will teach your boy. That's the majority of the population in the prison system nationwide. Boys without fathers who still don't know how to be men. That's a message to the men. Women, my message to you is we can't do this on our own. Men can only be taught men or men can only be taught how to be men so much from a father. But we also need that nurture in you to help us understand that softer side that we have in us that we need to acknowledge that needs to be a very real present part of our existence. We need you as our teammate. 
when we go stand in front of a gun to protect you, we need you to stand right behind us and watch our back. We need you on our six while we have your six. We need you to trust in us and help us become better leaders so that when we lead, we are a direct reflection of you. Because ultimately, we are the reflection that you create. Don't try to change us into your image. Nurture us into our best image of who we are. That's how it's supposed to work. So many women get men and then they want to change them into their own little clay pot. And then they're not happy with what they have. That's because you change him to something he's not. Nurture who we are. Help sharpen us to become who we were created to be. Don't create us in your image. Create us and sharpen us in ours. Believe in us. See us. And please, I don't care what your problem is with your baby's dad. If you have a child and your baby's dad is a good father, please don't keep him from his kid and say you love your child. Because when you use your kid as a weapon just because you don't like your baby's father, you are increasing the chances your kid is going to go to prison. Boys need their dads. And girls need their daddies. I say it different because the way men parent to a daughter is different from the way we parent to a son. Like men are the kind of like the kind of fathers men are is when our son is afraid to get in the pool because he's scared, he doesn't know how to swim. We'll throw our boy in the pool and say, learn, this is how you do it. This is how you swim. And we'll instruct him why he's doing it. And we'll try to calm him down and do that. For But our daughter, we'll put the floaties on her and then we'll get in there, have her jump to us. <laughs> it's different. It's just we're more gentle with our daughters than we are our, our sons. That's just kind of how we are. It's not to say one's better than the other. It's just the world's ruthless. And men are made to be strong physically. So men need to be stronger for the world so they can protect the families they're going to have. Because who knows? Maybe they might be protecting your daughter. And if you, I, I've seen some of the guys these days. Some of these guys are so skinny and so wimpy. It's like they can't protect anybody. You can call the police, but the the bad guy's already there in your house. You're the first line of defense. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Living the dream. Hey, this stuff you're talking about pertains to the, 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 the father and the, the woman keeping the dad in the picture. I think that's very critical, but one thing that people don't understand, and I, I, I talk to women all the time in counseling all the time, and basically a lot of purpose. And I tell them this all the time, and I say to them, when you have a baby with somebody, you are stuck with that person for the rest of your life. Absolutely. That that person's with you forever, whether you like them or not. Because you have have a commonality. You created another human being with this person. So you can't sit there and be mad at him and and say, I'm not going to affect you. A child, because me and you are having a problem. You know, I see the woman one time, she stopped letting the, the father see the child because he married another woman. Mm. He didn't marry her. And you can't do that type of stuff because now the child is child, you're not hurting you, you're hurting the child. You know, and so pertaining to 
boys and girls, as far as learning and the importance of the dad, I always tell people that boys learn through imitation, copy. They copy their dad. Whatever their dads do is what they copy. So modeling behavior from the dad is very important because that's what that 80% of what your kids are going to learn is going to be just watching dad do whatever it is that dad does. Exactly. And if I may, real fast, uh, it's interesting you say that because even Jesus himself, like not to turn this uh, this episode into a, you know, a gospel preaching uh, episode, but just to say Jesus even said that himself. He said the, the son doeth nothing but he, that which he sees the father do. So he said, I'm doing only what I see my daddy doing. And that's a testimony of his example, the example he received and how effective uh, being a father can be to the example of our sons. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And then I will always say with, the, with, with dads and girls, I'm actually going to be recording an episode probably this weekend at some point. I'm going to have a guest on. We talk about father-daughter relationship. But daughters learn from their fathers through the relationships they have with them. So if he's with their, with their mother, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're looking at how is how he treats the mother. And that is generally what they're going to take out into the world when they start making so Absolutely. That the, the daughter is literally modeling your relationships and how you treat women and how you talk to them and everything that you do there, where the, the son is learning more through imitation, copying you, your, your behavior. I agree 100%. And it's so it's so important too that for people who have bigger families, it's important for fathers to spend one-on-one time with their daughters and one-on-one time with their sons, because these days society is teaching boys don't cry, be quiet, stop crying. They're teaching us to shut up about our feelings, but fathers need that one-on-one time with their boys to teach them, hey, you can open up. It's okay to open up and it's okay to cry, but you just gotta know the right times to cry. Like, it's not okay to whine when you don't get your way. It's not okay to, to whine about, you know, physical pain just because it hurts a little. But it is okay to cry when things are getting stressful in the right circumstances. Like, it's important for fathers to teach their kids it's okay to cry and tell them when the circumstances that allow for crying to be okay. Rather than cry about anything so then you get your kids a wimp and your kid's a baby that just cries about everything and quits everything he does because it's not you know, going according to how he wants it to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, you brought up, but that's a really good point. You said, you know, basically it's okay for the boy to cry just to know when and where to cry. Yes. Uh, that's a very good point. I, I never even thought about that. But uh, that does make, that makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, yeah. I, we, we do, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, that, that, cause we do that to boys. We tell them don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry, but feel it's a stereotype of boys. Yeah, and like to be honest, I I have cried a, a a hand like not even a handful like very very few times in front of my fiance, just because like you know life hit me life hit me hard and I'm a pretty tough dude I've I've taken a lot of crap in my life, and um but you know just in this situation I felt it was necessary it, it just no one else was around just my fiance and I and I just sat there and and I started to cry and she held me tight and she cuddled with me and and just held me and and assured me that she was here for me everyone needs that no one is immune from that and if you are then you just really don't have a heart like you're not where you need to be you're you're so callous you can't possibly grow to your 
like to your potential and also like just another concept that is also important to be understood because people say that you marry your, your parents i i disagree with that um just, that's my opinion in certain circumstances yeah you tend to marry people who have certain circumstances or certain characteristics of your parents because that's what was safe to you that's what you know to be sure and reliable but what i will say is that every man in, a, in an effective and very healthy relationship every man is both a boyfriend and a or a husband and a father to his significant other there are times where you're going to have to be a father to your spouse or your 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 significant other you know or fatherly and there's times that your wife is going to need to be a mother to you like when we want to go do something because we're mad hey this dude says something to me and i want to go slap him and she looks at you and says no that is not okay you are better than that you know sometimes women have to kind of pull us our own heads out of our own butts so that we can actually see what's really going on sometimes our wife has to be motherly to us and that is part of an important role in the relationship beyond providing and uh and nurturing it's the motherly fatherly relationship that we exchange with each other that we also receive from our our parents before us so having the lack of fatherhood or fathers in in uh in the lives of boys these days it's hindering the exchange of motherly fatherly uh, uh support in those relationships because a lot of boys don't have the experience of being a good father or having a good father that, that's true and you know one of the things that, that people don't understand like you said you're 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 gay and uh you know, i've been married for many years now but i always tell people when you when you get into a relationship with someone and you're going to decide okay this is the person i'm going to marry but both people have to say both people have to come to the realization of you're taking two people and now once you get to that marriage you're essentially becoming one yes so everything that you do in that marriage is going to affect that other person absolutely so if you don't understand that because that's what a marriage is all about what it entails you have to go into every decision that you make realizing that this decision is going to affect my partner yeah whether it's a good decision whether it's a good decision or a bad decision can affect my partner and so i have to be very i i have to tread tread you know be very careful with everything i do and i have to make sure that the decisions that i'm making are going to affect it's not only affecting their present but also affecting their yeah so that that that's why i tell women a lot of times you gotta have children like this if you don't marry a father and then you come along you want somebody else to kind of raise them you don't understand the dynamic it creates because if I have a child, let's just say, for instance, you come to me and I marry you, I'm not the father of your first child, and we have a child together, basically, I might have a situation in the house where I can't discipline your, your the first child, but I can discipline the second child, and that creates a whole other dynamic in the house. Oh, yeah. One child is getting treated, one child is getting treated better than the other. And it's important to have that conversation. I know that. Man, that's, that's crazy, because... When, if a child's not yours, like, don't you dare touch my child. Don't you dare discipline my child. Yeah, don't you, yeah. yeah. You're like, whoa. I, when we got in a relationship, we got serious. That child became my child too. It's part of you. So I thought there's no, no space for assuming. There's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. And one thing I talked about with my fiance when we first started dating or when it got serious, I told her, I was like, um, I want you to know something about me. 
if I ever got an opportunity, even if it was like a multi-million dollar opportunity in another state or to move anywhere else, I would not make that choice without consulting you. Because even if we're about to make multi-million dollars more, that's poor English, uh, um, multiple figures more from what I was making, if we were to make that and I just made the decision for her to move without consulting her, she can feel like she doesn't, she doesn't have a voice, she's not important. Most likely, for sure, she would say yes. But it's not okay to assume that she would say yes without giving her a phone call. And with technology this day, these days, we don't even have to wait. We just, hey, babe, what's up? Just call her right now and get that choice. And I just, I just want to, you know, just want to thank everyone who has come on so far. Like, I really appreciate your guys' feedback. Um, I always love when people are willing to come on and share different viewpoints that they have and stuff like that. And it always, it sharpens me. It makes me better. It helps me improve. It helps me become a better person. And it also helps me create better po uh, talking points and uh, uh, more content for you to enjoy. As always, uh, I like to open up the floor one more time before I conclude this uh, this episode. So if anybody else has anything they'd like to come on and say, I would love to hear from you. The floor is open to you. Just feel free to reach out. Uh, there are people who have been married for a long time. There are people who haven't been married at long at all. I'm not judging anybody. Maybe there's maybe we're just looking at things the wrong way. You know, like like I was saying earlier. Yeah, you can have this gorgeous woman who's dumb. Or you can have this okay woman who's extraordinarily smart. Like, are you settling for one over the other or are you getting the better one? You know, it's it's one of those things. Like I used to ask some of my buddies a question. I was like, okay, let me ask you this question. Just just to hear what you think or what your your answer would be. And they say, okay. And I say, let's say you're stuck on a deserted island. You know, it has lots of vegetation, like food that you can eat. There's animals over there. Like you'll be able to survive on there, but you don't know how long you're going to be there. Would you rather, and you can choose one person with whom you would be stuck on that island for a long time. You don't know, again, how long you're going to be there. Option A is this woman who was a drop dead, gorgeous, supermodel looking woman. She has the best accent that turns you on. She's a freak and she's totally sexy compatible with you in every way you could ever want possible but she's super lazy and she's dumb as heck would you rather want her or would you rather have this woman who is not physically or aesthetically appealing to you but she's a hard worker and she's smart i had some buddies that used to always say oh i'll take the hot one man i'm like dude that will get old after a while you will get so tired of doing everything and she does nothing but sit on her butt that would get old and then the smarter guys that were out there, they were saying, you know what, I'd, I'd rather have the woman who's a hard worker because she'll make my life easier. So ultimately, the people that are really looking at it the right way, in my opinion, are the people who are talking about teamwork. They want a partner. That's what, you know, in, in, the, early, in the early days of the Bible, it talks about a help me, a person who is there to help you and who's a, a, compliment, a compliment to you. Hey, Mark, welcome. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Living the dream in yourself. Uh, man, things are awesome, dude. No complaints. And uh, one of the reasons that I came up with due to your topic, man, and it kind of resonated with some things that uh, I've been listening to over the past couple of weeks and uh, kind of ran into through um, a new book that's out called uh, Adrift, America at 100 Charts. But the thing is, is 
when you're talking about uh, men and women and who settle more and what their roles are, it's like actually men are falling so far behind women right now that it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's toxic masculinity. There's, I mean, you're kind of like the cancel culture of masculinity or men in general. Like, it's like the man has to have this certain kind of femininity role. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that when you start breaking things down is actually men are becoming less and less attractive due to the fact of they're getting less and less opportunity. So you're seeing more and more women, which is amazing in itself, that are getting, there are more and more women that are graduating college, getting better jobs, getting higher paid things. So now it's not necessarily financial gain to attract your mate or to look, I can do this or I can do that. It's more along the lines of how well you make a connection like how well is the connection and the connection has changed through society not just us it's changed through society in the way that we connect with people which has been online and digital yeah you know more and more people aren't engaging in these one-on-one body language readable conversations yeah so i think absolutely that, you know i think when it comes to it i think that that is um, I, I forget the statistic um, because I don't have the book with me and I don't have, you know, a lot of time with you as well. So I don't, you know, I have the time to look it up. But it was something that was just outrageously ridiculous when you start looking at, like, where men rank in, like, finding mates and the loneliness of men and how men are not just settling for whatever they can get, but they're settling simply because that they they don't have the um, it's not initiative. They don't have the the outlook of things can be better. So it's like I'll stay in my small town. I won't move out of my small town. I won't go to a big city. I won't. And this is from twenty to thirty. This isn't like forties and fifties. These are kids that are getting right out of high school. They're following in what's been programmed into them, passed down through their dads and their granddads and their uncles with, you know, well, I didn't go to college. You went to college and it's probably going to be harder if you go to a big city. So it's easier for you to stay in this town and make it here so you'll have something to fall back on, which is cutting the lifeline of exploration, of failure, of building something. So. I think it's men are settling more than women because women are getting the opportunity and they're taking, you know, they're just knocking the door down. Yeah. I think, I think one, one of the side effects of, of so much of the, this new feminism 2.0 that has become like uh, not equality, but superiority, it's eliminated toxic masculinity and it's given birth to toxic femininity. So you have all these women saying that men are pointless and that men are not needed. And then men don't have a, a point or a purpose in life. And because of lack of fathers, all this stuff is working together to emasculate men. So men are like, you know, where do we fit in the, in the world? Where, where is our role? And as a result, we're getting weaker and weaker as a sex. Agreed. I mean, I, I'm looking at the, 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 
uh, the military, the soldiers and the Marines now versus the time when I was in the Marine Corps. When I was in the Marine Corps, we were fighting each other and beating each other up and stuff, doing martial arts practice. And now people are super politically correct and and they're just soft. It's crazy. And, you know, like this is something else. I know this is probably not going to be a very popular um, uh, perspective on, on what I'm about to say. But like one of the other reasons why men as a sex are starting to become weaker is the overwhelming usage of pornography i agree pornography is a poison that devalues the say like the sacred and special nature of a woman it feeds a it, it feeds a lie because none of that stuff you're seeing is realistically how it's done like it's not real it's a fantasy they're fueling a fantasy to see women as objects and when women see that you see them as objects they want nothing to do with you but you can't shake that opinion because your perspective is fueled by pornography to think that women are objects for your gratification and all you can see is a booty, vagina, and boobs rather than the character carrying all that stuff. And it causes us to devalue ourselves and to become slaves to our own flesh, which also emasculates you as well. You know, my jujitsu coach uh, was telling a, a fellow student you know, he's like, hey, man, you've got to, you know, you're going to roll with this girl. And this girl's a blue belt, man. She's she's good. She's nasty. I mean, she'll get after it. Nice. And his, and his whole thing was, I don't want to roll with a girl. Like, you know, I'm already, like, outwear. I can, you know, like, I don't want to roll with a, like, I don't want to hurt her. And she's like, let's go. Like, <laughs> You're not like you've already lowered the standard of who you are based on just because she's a female. Get after it. Roll with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if and so he went ahead and was trying to get cocky and put that whole masculinity thing in there and he allowed his ego to walk with his check and his ass couldn't cast that check. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No matter what he could do, he could not get this girl off of him, man. I mean, she was body locking, rear naked, straight into armbar, guillotine. I mean, it was it was beautiful. And we're we're trying to not necessarily, you know, you never want to beat somebody up. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is we're like, look, man, here's the thing. You have to understand that life is full of challenges and obstacles, and they don't come in a pretty, a pretty little package. So when you are getting after it, you can't settle for who's in front of you or choose who you have, who the conflict is with. Sometimes conflict comes out of nowhere, and you don't get to choose the. the I'd like the girl, the little one over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Because that little girl may be the nastiest person in the room. Yeah, and Just, one thing that I love about martial art, like like real purists in, in MMA, not like not these arrogant guys who think they're better than everything. But I'm talking about like the real purist of martial arts and doing MMA, judo, jujitsu. Those guys don't see sex; they see belt, they see opponents, and they're about training each other. So like when you get good training partners, they want to make the woman better by wrestling with her and helping her all right look try this try this it's not about seeing her as a lesser it's seeing her as a member of your team 
and you're all trying to better her and that's that's what it's all about well it's also about learning to respect her yeah like i would much rather roll with her because rolling with her puts you in a position to where you have to be conscious of where you're placing your hands what you're doing it's not sex it's not you know it's not a cuddle session yeah it's a real mental battle between i need to get this girl off of my neck my arm my joints and how can i roll in this to where if something was to happen i'm able to be responsive you know what i mean yeah without catching some weird charge down the road <laughs> yeah you know, that's a good point too because you know before for me like when I wrestle, uh, I used to do collegiate wrestling in high school, and I also did grappling in the Marine Corps and throughout my life as a martial artist. I've, uh, like, when we had women on the team, they would wrestle against me. I'd be more gentle and lay them down. When I would do a shoot, I would do a double or single leg and take them down, but I would lay them down gently so I wouldn't sla slam them. But, like, at the same aspect, I wasn't considering it back then that this is also being disrespectful. But I'm when I wrestle or do martial arts against my opponent, I'm violent. Like I'm I'm aggressive. I get in there and I give 110%. So when I would have a female opponent, I would I really would not want to because I would have to then pull back. And I don't want to pull back. I want to give it my all. But what you were saying about like now it forces you to think of other ways to do it where you're not necessarily pulling back. You just gotta realize you can't do this with this opponent. It allows you to become more versatile, which is a better thing it actually makes you better knowing that oh you know i'm actually grappling against i'm rolling against a woman and you know i want to train her i want her to be better but at the same aspect i don't want to be disrespectful i don't want to put my hands on her but i also i can't let her beat me you know because she's an opponent not because she's a female just because she's an opponent i don't want my opponent to beat me i want to beat my opponent so you bring up a good correct. point correct well i just look at it as Number one, when you like when you talk about martial arts, you talk about MMA, and you talk about being aware and focused on not only being a good martial artist, but being a good training partner. Yeah. Like if I'm in a position to where I can learn from someone who may have more experience for me, but that person may happen to be female, I need to understand that. Number one, she's helping me advance. Number two, it's more along the lines of there has got, there's a physical, mental, and appropriate way of training. Yes. With a female. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not cutting myself short going, all right, I'm going to be light. You know, I'm, I'm not going hard. I'm not going in. But... If we're boxing, I'm not gonna go full full tech, yeah. full technique. If we're sparring, I'm not gonna go full technique, simply because I already know power-wise, I'm going to have more power. But grappling-wise, I need to focus on getting it to the ground and then being not only respectful of her body, but respectful in my pursuit of being able to detain contain the situation. Yeah. I think for like grappling, I think I'm confident I can do grappling with, with uh like now, like with all that I know and um learning and the way I would train with a woman, I could do that. I'm so hardwired against boxing though. Like I, I don't know if I can get in the boxing ring with gloves 
and actually uh, box with a woman just because, you know, my mom is so, she's old school. So to hit a woman still like kind of rings out. So I would be able to use focus mitts and grapple and, you know, throw kicks at her and stuff like that, like to train her. <laughs> but as far as actually putting my hands on her and, and actually hitting her, I don't think me personally, I don't think I could do that unless yeah. I really, really knew her. Like if she and I were good friends, I'm like, okay, now she knows my intentions. She knows me. She knows I would never put my hand on her to hurt her. This is just a training session. Then I would, I think I could do it. But if they were just like, if my coach was like, hey, I'm going to put her in the ring with you. I'm like, dude, I, I can't do it, man. I feel weird because she doesn't know me. Well, I also think that if a coach was to do that, I think they're a bad coach. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's nothing against them as an individual, but I don't think that it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a viable and trainable lesson for her to just take punches. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now, if you're talking about getting in the ring and letting her throw punches and you're more along the lines of trying to be defensive all day long. Yeah. Because because then it's going to teach you restraint. It's going to teach you response. And you're actually focused on not getting hit. Yeah. So, you know, it, you, you got to learn to there's within there's so much control that comes with it. And you sit there and you balance the control with, you know, the know-how of, hey, man, this is what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to block you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree I mean, with that. I think I could definitely do that. Because, I mean, in that, that, that's the whole thing about martial arts in any type of martial arts. Um, no matter what direction you're taking it or what direction you're going in it, the whole thing needs to be put in a situation to where, especially if you're a student, um, that's learning from someone, it's, yeah. it's all a teachable moment. So everything is teachable. You know, no matter what it is, the situation you're put in is a teachable moment. Yeah. And, and I think that, like the most important part, like for this whole entire subject, as well as the things that you're saying, the important part about this is recognizing that the, we cannot possibly see women as the lesser creation or the lesser partner. We have to see her as an equal with a different role, like a different a different set of genetic uh, makeup that makes up who she is. That doesn't make her less than me or more than me, but equal to me. But she has a, a responsibility and I have a responsibility and we do that together. Like like you were saying with the the uh, the defense, like, you know, she's my partner. We're equals, but she's throwing punches and she's helping me focus on blocking because she might have quicker punches than I do because she might be lighter. She might be uh, or, uh, shorter, whatever the case may be. Her punches might be faster than mine, which actually will help me be a better blocker, better defensive uh, fighter. And then when I get to use some force against her and, and help her with uh, with stronger punches, it will help her not be afraid of a punch or what, what the case may be. But those are some great things. I really appreciate your, your feedback. And um, I always appreciate uh, the the opinions of other people. And you guys want to come on as always. Um, it's so important for every one of us just to like to fight back with the way society is trying to teach us to think society is putting us backward they're not helping us grow they're segregating us all over again they're they're emasculating men and they are taking away the very value of women like you hear oh i'm trying you, you see all these celebrities these female celebrities on tv these days talk about oh yeah you know i'm empowering myself but what are they doing 
they're out there walking around with their boobs hanging out and their butt hanging out g-strings and see-through clothes they're debasing themselves to sexualized objects the exact thing you see in pornography so are they really empowering you are they empowering your sex no they're enslaving you by telling you that this is what you should be doing if you want respect use your body to get your money Use your body to get respect. No, use your brain. You're smart. Women, you guys are incredible creations because God entrusted you with the godly power to create life. You're special. That's why you're so under attack now. You've always been under attack. You don't need to use your body to become successful because you're smart enough to do it with your brain. You're smart enough to do it with your words. You're smart enough to do it with your work ethic. You don't need a man to tell you that, but I'm just reinforcing something you may know or may not know. Men, we are here to be that leader that is a direct reflection of a good woman that we choose and that chooses us. If you don't want her, be honest, open up, tell her and leave her. Don't settle for her and don't be with someone just because she wants to be with you. I've made that mistake too of being in a relationship with a woman I wasn't attracted to just because she fought hard to be with me. I felt I owed it to her, but I was miserable. And the fact was she was the only one happy in that relationship because she wanted me, she got what she wanted. But I was like, dude, I'm not even attracted to this girl, but I'm with her because she fought hard and she deserves it. But I was only lying to myself and I was only cheating myself. In the end, you, you have the right to be happy, not at the expense of someone else, but with someone else. Choose the right things. Just because a woman looks gorgeous, I'm, I'm serious, like a lot of us guys out there are going, oh, that girl's bad. Are you sure what you're looking at is her? There's lots of filters out there and there's lots of women just using like car spray paint cans to cover up their faces. They look, I've seen, if you, you don't believe me, look at some of those TikTok videos where women look one way and then when they put their makeup on, they look like a whole different human. I'm serious, man. Look, look at the actual person. Get, spend some time with the person. Talk about things that matter. Talk about politics. I know people say you should do that on the first date. You shouldn't not on the first date. But you guys should talk about politics at some point early on in the relationship. It doesn't mean you have to agree with each other, but there should be a respectful exchange. Like if you have a voice and she respects it, and she has a voice and you respect it, even if you have different, uh, different, uh, differentiating uh, views on the same subject, the fact that you guys can come together and ag agree to disagree, that's a big deal. Like if you like Trump and she doesn't and she will silence you and hate you for that, you're dodging a bullet. If she likes Trump and you don't, but you're okay with her opinion, go forward. The fact is, is that you want somebody who's gonna compliment you and who you're gonna compliment. And again, women, men being leaders in the household is not about dictatorship. It's about us being confident enough and you having confidence in us to be the strong person that you need us to be and that you deserve. And we can't be those leaders and those strong individuals without your guidance and your help and your nurturing. So we as leaders are direct reflections of you as the nurturing, as the nurturing teachers that we need the motherly people that are in the relationship with us. 
I really encourage you, please don't follow Megan the Stallion and and uh, Lizzo and all these other people that are sitting, talking about empowering you by being sexualized. That does not empower you. That demeans you to the object that you're trying to escape. You're so much more, and I've said this many times, but I love to reiterate it. You're so much more than boobs, a vagina, and a butt. You're human. You're an equal. Men are more than muscles and money. And women are more than sexualized objects. And if you refuse to follow the example of these people that are talking about how restricted and how uh, how segregated and oppressed we are as they talk from a, an award stage and go home to their multi-million dollar mansion protected by armed security, oh yeah, they're real oppressed. Quit listening to what the crap they're, they're feeding you through their mouths and actually look at their example. These people are not good examples because they're doing what they're told to do. They're doing what they're told to do so they can make money at your expense to feed you a lie. And you're smart enough not to fall for it. It is beautiful to be an independent, strong woman, but it is not okay to be an independent, strong woman who emasculates men so that you can feel better about yourself. And it's not okay for a man to be a strong, independent man who, who defeminizes women as objects or treats women as objects just to have sex and then kick out of your bed the next day. If you guys are, if you already have had a conversation with that woman, you both know that you're on the same page, that this is just sex. Okay, it is what it is. That's your choice. You're grown adults. You, you agree to that. Then the other person can't be surprised when you kick them out of the bed the next day and they already know what time it is. But if you are expected to be in a monogamous relationship with somebody, maintain that. Hold that integrity. Man, we need to get back to the days where our worders are bond. And when we say yes, everyone can take it to the bank. Women, we need to go back to the days as well. Where you knew who you were and didn't need a celebrity to tell you who you were. You need to go back to the days where you're willing to be that strong woman that's not toxic anymore. Like, not like society is pushing on you. And men, we need to start working harder because we're, we are definitely losing our identities. We have grown so entitled that we forgot that we are some of the hardest workers history has ever seen. We built the world. Our hands and our ancestors' hands. Men have built the world with our hands. Women were very much involved in it as well. But women weren't the ones that were building the pyramids. They weren't the ones moving the, uh, the stone. They weren't the ones carving the details into these amazing buildings. That was men up there doing that. So stop being entitled, start providing more and being there for a good woman. Don't choose a woman just because of the fact that she looks pretty. We gotta choose a partner that's gonna have our back. And women, you, it's important that you choose a partner who you trust as a leader who's not gonna keep you silent, who's not gonna take away the value that you have and that you bring to the relationship. Finances don't mean anything when it comes down to being happy. How many celebrities have killed themselves because they weren't happy even though they were multimillionaires? Finances don't make you rich. Or excuse me, they don't make you happy rather. They do make you rich. They don't make you happy. Having a partner, a good partner is what makes you happy. We see it in Africa, we see it in Mexico, we see it in other places of the world that 
have very high poverty rates, they still smile and laugh when they have happy marriages and happy families because it's not about finances. It's about partnership. That's all I have to say on this subject. I will invite anyone else who has anything to say. If you have anything else that you'd like to contribute to this conversation, I really appreciate it. I I welcome you to reach out. No voices, not important. I know that's a double negative of English, but you know what I'm trying to say. No voice is pointless. No voice is beyond value. Every voice matters. As long as there's a voice willing to contribute, not destroy. You can always hear my episodes here on Wisdom, or you can also find them anywhere else podcasts are available. Just look for that icon that you see right there on your screen right now. Real Talk with RJ is the name of my podcast. You can also email me if you have any other questions, or you would like to ask me anything, tell me anything, give me some advice, any points, feel free. My email is rossperiodcurtis723 at gmail.com. In the subject line, if you're going to email me, please just write podcast so I know it's from you and not, you know, some spam letters and stuff like that. I do check my spam just to make sure nothing else is in there. But again, it is rossperiodcurtis723 at gmail.com. Feel free to email me. I always look at my emails and I will personally respond. Um, you can check out Real Talk with RJ anywhere uh, podcasts are available. I have lots of other episodes, um, lots of great content right now. We're we're just traveling the world like we're our podcast is being heard all over the world. And right now I'm in Bangladesh in Italy. Like I just found those out. People in Bangladesh and in, uh, in Italy are actually listening to my podcast right now. I got some faithful listeners out there in, uh, in Ireland and it is really cool. I love it. Um, it's, it's a blessing. And every one of you participants that come on, it really just makes the show so much more appreciative and so much more valuable. So thank you all once again for spending time with me. I know that you guys can be anywhere you want, but you choose to be here with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me into your homes. Thank you for inviting me into your cars, your lives, your ears. And I really appreciate you. Have a great evening. And thank you for chilling with me and spending some time with me on Real Talk with RJ signing out.